Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take. Week 12. Nicely done. We didn't rehearse that, but you did that very naturally. He's almost three months? Wow, wow. Next Sunday, he is three months old. This week has felt like a long week to me. It has been. This was kind of a big week. The air quality in our area cleared up a little bit, and so... We were able to emerge out of our household, and it just felt like the world was opened up in a different way, almost since, honestly, he's been born. Yeah, the world opened up feels maybe a little bit hyperbolic. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) But we did do a couple more things outside. His world just expanded. It's mostly been our apartment and occasionally your parents' house. And so the amount of places he got to see this week was significantly more than he's ever experienced in his lifetime. And by that, we mean adding in two other places. And suddenly his world has doubled in size. Yeah. But I think just a couple of extra things, a park gathering, a farmer's market trip, and it feels like I've lived three months worth of life in the last week yeah it's a big shift shall we dive in and share with the listeners some of what's happened yes we shall okay we're gonna do the same format that we did last week right something of note which is kind of a combination of our highs and lows potentially always there will be a tim's take of course and then at the end i'm not just a parent okay rachel goes first we just had a big debate about this I was about to launch in. Who was right about who should go first? You were right. I confess it. Thank you. Just to get it on air. Okay. For once. (laughs) Moving on. You were right. For once. Wow. (laughs) I'm taking note of that as well. Okay. I'm going to go with a high this week for my something of note. My high this week was that I almost finished an hour long workout. Oh. Nice. (laughs) Which may not seem like I should be super excited and proud of almost finishing something, but it is a huge deal. Um, I I have not started a workout, let alone not finished one. And a baby didn't come out of you. Okay, that felt like kind of rubbing it in. Maybe unnecessarily. (laughs) I'm just saying my high was that I did it i did it for 40 minutes which felt like a really big deal it's you know been a journey of healing and processing obviously the birth experience and recovery this week officially is technically the end of your fourth trimester which many people say happens after you give birth that you kind of have one more trimester really of dealing with so much stuff and so much changes to your body still So this week marks the end of that. And mark that as another thing that I had no idea about any prenatal, postnatal experience. Rachel one day is like, oh, yeah, there's this thing that they call the fourth trimester. I'm like, what? Like, weren't you? Didn't you? The baby, is. you've crossed the finish line. And literally my sentences were probably that coherent in my mind. I might have sounded better out loud. But you learn so much so quickly when you are in the process of having a kid and then have a kid. Wow. You do. I mean, it's not medically, I think, a thing, but it is a term to help kind of give a name to some of the things that are still happening to you. Yeah. And I just, reflecting, people often describe the birth process as very empowering 
and you just feel like, wow, I just did something so amazing. I did not feel that way after <laughs> I gave birth. I felt like I had been run over by a semi and then backed over by a semi oh my gosh. <laughs> for multiple weeks. So this feeling of empowerment in my birth or not my birth, the birth of Oliver was not there. And I think if some women feel that, that's amazing and that's great. But I'm here to say that I did not feel that. But I felt after I completed 40 minutes of that workout this week, I felt truly empowered about the healing miracle of my body. It has been 12 weeks, which is, you know, a significant amount of time since the birth. But there were a few weeks after Oliver was born, I was not sure if I could ever walk again. (laughs) And so, you know, the slow process of healing. But I'm here and I almost did 40 minutes of a cardio intense workout. And that's just amazing. And I just feel really healed and empowered by that and also just honestly floored at the healing ability of the body because I know what low feels like Mm. and I feel good now. And obviously, I did not complete a whole hour of my workout. And so there's still a way to go. So that's not to say that I feel 100% and like everyone should, you know, if you're in my similar position be where I'm at I just feel that I'm proud of 40 minutes of you should be an hour-long workout I'll also have a comment that 40 minutes is a full workout for me so you know I mean I would call that basically you did a full mat workout yes I just didn't finish the actual video workout but anyway that was my high yeah I don't think I realized how much of a high that was Unless the rest of the week was low, and so then that was just relative. But I think it was a good week overall. So no, it was a high. I didn't realize that stood out that much to you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. It's been impressive. I think, you know, neither of us are good, sick, or medical people. Oh, yeah. And I like to think that I, I can rise to the occasion, and I like to think that I have, dear listener. But... I will say watching you journey through all this and genuinely coming through to not necessarily the other side, but a different perspective anyway than where things started has been quite admirable. I've, I've been impressed just by your ability to kind of keep slogging when it was hard and then also to have perspective as you come to the other side, not kind of whitewashing, but also being like, oh, I've done something. So nice. Thanks. Yeah. Felt good. What's your something of note? Yeah, I kind of want to take you on a journey. And there needs to be a little bit of context. This all happened last Friday. And Fridays, I don't know if we've talked about this, but Rachel's back. We have talked about Rachel being back at work. But part of what that means is that on Fridays, it's just me and Ollie hanging out all day. And so I get to watch him. Well, the reason that is, is because Fridays have been my day off in the past. And so previously, before Oliver, P.O., as I like to say, uh, Maybe we should come up with some <laughs> other terminology. <laughs> P.O., pre-Oliver. I had that day entirely to myself. I would go to the movies often. I would watch TV. I'd play NBA 2K. I'd read. I'd catch up with the little things that I needed to do. It was a really kind of nice, quiet me day. Living the good life. Living the good, introverted life. And when I was pregnant, I said... How do you view that day post Oliver? Also (laughs) P.O. Also P.O. Yeah, it's a good point. It doesn't work that well. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and before Oliver doesn't work well because that, that would be B-O. I don't remember what I told you about how I viewed that day. Or are you just saying you asked me the question? I just asked you the question. I don't think you... Well, you tell your perspective. Well, I had no really for- formula for how to think about it. Anyway, so that that's all the preamble to on Friday. Oliver usually takes at least one nap that is an hour and a half plus. Oh, yeah, at least. Usually. Yeah, at least one. And that nap is really glorious. So last Friday was our second Friday together, right? Just our second. Feels like we've been doing this a lot of Fridays, but it's just been two. So he took a really short nap in the morning. Then his second nap was also really short. Then he took a third nap that was also really short. And listener, I just want to be honest with you. I thought in my mind, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this on my Fridays. And here's how despicable it got. And I use that word intentionally. I started to think how I was going to tell Rachel that I couldn't do it because I know. Are that- you serious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that I have no choice. Of, of course, I'm doing it. It's not that I can't do it, but I wanted to have a lot of pity from my wife. Wow, this is a tell-all podcast. Tell all. And so that's why I was thinking in such stark terms, she's going to walk through the door. And I'm just going to tell her, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not <laughs> sure I can lose my Fridays in this way because I just need him to have a longer nap. And then she was going to be so comforting. I don't know what would have happened. Maybe I would have gotten McDonald's for dinner. I don't know. But I had this whole narrative that was starting to build over about an hour. And Oliver seemed still tired a little bit. Then I tried to put him back down and he was still... I'm texting Rachel, right? I'm building, in other words, the build up to that moment. She walks through the door because I text her and I say, he's not going, he woke up, he had another short nap. I don't know what to do. What should I do? I was receiving those texts and I actually thought, oh, he's handling it pretty well. Like, no, it was <laughs> I expected to you to be more panicked yeah. on the text. I, it wasn't a nuclear meltdown, but it certainly was starting to melt down. It was more like microwave meltdown. And... I mean, I really was feeling it a little bit in the moment, but I was also trying to think, how can I maximize pity wow. and sympathy wow. later? And then it ended up that he did go back to sleep for another two hours. You lost your whole case. But that was fine because I was happy to lose the case because suddenly I felt so much more sane. I got caught up on some emails. I was like, Oliver, because I was genuinely pretty frustrated. I was like, Oliver, I just need you to sleep for longer than 45 minutes. And when he did, I told him, I said, Oliver, you redeemed yourself. <laughs> so it was really a roller coaster of emotions. Everything from frustration at your son to spousal manipulation to then full redemption and a nice sigh of relief on a Friday afternoon. That was something of note. This is a real confession <laughs> podcast in which you. <laughs> It's just, it's honest, folks. We love our kid, but sometimes that is your feelings in the moment of not getting some time to yourself. I should say, I'm not proud that I was going to try to manipulate Rachel in that way. Yeah, you shouldn't be about that part. And so, some of this, right, is you realize on reflection what you're doing. I wasn't necessarily consciously sitting there thinking, how do I manipulate Rachel? But I mean, when your son's not sleeping, you think you should. Your minds go dangerous places. It goes to dark, your dark mind, places. Your mind goes dangerous places. I don't have multiple minds. I realize I just said that. 
Whew. All right. That's something to note. Shall we move on to a take? Yes. Go ahead. Let's do a take. My take is that pumping at work is awful. <laughs> That's my take. So Real hot take. This is my second week back at work in which I have had to pump. So only on... Yeah, I'm there two and a half days. And so on the half day, I only have to pump once. On the full days that I'm there, I have to pump three times at work, which is quite a slog. And last week, I just kind of struggled my way through figuring out, okay, what do I need? I have to pump in this closet that our office manager at my work has lovingly transformed. There's a picture of Oliver she printed out. There's some plants. It's very sweet, but it's still a storage closet. So I go into the storage closet and sometimes I don't have everything I need and I'm trying to work out. Then you have to clean everything. It's a process that takes at least 20 minutes if not 30 minutes, which is a big chunk of your work. So it's, you know, this whole ordeal. So last week was just trying to figure out, okay, what supplies, what resources do I need to make this doable? So I started to figure that out. I get to Tuesday of this week and I go, okay, finally have some, some tools. We're going to do this well. Sitting there and I'm trying to pump, but not anything is happening. So I'm checking the machine. I pull off the breast pumps. I'm looking like maybe I didn't have something on right. And all of a sudden, I look down, and my dress is soaked with milk. (laughs) And I mean soaked with milk. And I just realized I'm an idiot for not bringing extra clothes to work. (laughs) And thank goodness we're in the middle of a season in which there's only one other person in the office, and I have no meeting scheduled. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, what do people do? If I had a meeting 30 minutes later from that experience, what would I have done? I would have learned a hard lesson. (laughs) I would have learned a very hard lesson because I had no cardigan. I had no extra clothes. I would have had no time to run home. If I had a meeting, I would have had to go into a meeting with a sopping dress that smelled like milk. (laughs) You probably would have called me, actually, and then we would have brought you a change of clothes. But you wouldn't have had time to get from work back to here. Back to my office. It just. It, when was this? It was Friday. Tuesday. Oh, it was Tuesday. No, yeah, you're right. I couldn't have helped you. Yeah. So yeah, you were doomed. I did a major crisis, but it was still an awkward thing of having to dry out my dress. I was like, <laughs> do I go to the bathroom and try to air dry it with a blow dryer? <laughs> what do I do here? And I feel like there was another time on Friday that I had the same issue, and I'm just like, what? Why is there milk going everywhere? Your dress was soaked on Friday. My shirt. I just still had issues. (laughs) Sometimes it just comes apart. It's just such a process. There's so many cords you get tangled up in. All that to say, it's really hard. And if you are an employer who have women that are pumping at your workplace, please be generous and gracious to them because it is hard and uncomfortable and that's all there is to it wow what a take that's my take i all i can do is affirm you in your take i have i have no perspective to offer yep oh rough go but made for a pretty funny story oh yeah (laughs) all right i've been debating this take this take's been in my nose for a while Ooh, now i'm intrigued because i think it's a little bit controversial oh but i'm gonna wait into these waters just a little bit before I became a dad. P.O. 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 
I had several people, some closer friends, some more distant people who were men express that they felt rather useless when their baby was born because the baby only needed mom and that there really wasn't anything for them to do. My take is essentially I'm very baffled by that conclusion because it has seemed to me like there is in fact lots for you to do for me to do. The only thing I can't do is feed him. And even then, if we're using a bottle occasionally, I can do that. But I can burp him. I can change him. I can play with him. Basically everything else. And so not passing any judgment. I know different households are different. And some moms are maybe more in charge of their infant's care. And so then that creates a a challenge for dad. And so in those circumstances, I recognize there's a difference. But if the issue is just, I can't work out what I'm supposed to do, I'm very baffled by that conclusion because it just seems like there's so many things to do. Like the worst case scenario is do household chores. There is always something that can there's be always done. Things. So again, no condemnation, but that has, as I became a father, been one of the things that I'd heard before that really just puzzled me. Yeah, I mean, I have had multiple people ask me, there were people before I gave birth who were asking, do you think Matt's ever going to change a diaper? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think I think he's going to. And that was very much confirmed. And I've still had people ask me now, has Matt changed a diaper yet? Yes, he's changed a diaper three months in. And again, everyone is different. But I mean, this is so baffling to me. I didn't change a diaper for the first two weeks of Oliver's life because I was recovering so much and trying to feed him and just like over it. Do you think this is just ongoing gender stereotypes? Yeah, it is very interesting. I mean, sometimes it is, I think, baby's personality, partly because you were so involved with his care while I was recovering. I think he got used to you, you know, fairly well. Sometimes I don't want to toss around words like favorite or... Are you sure you don't want to? (laughs) Mom is definitely his favorite. There's no question about that. You know, some babies genuinely just have a preference toward mom or to dad, but I think... Typically, if there is a preference to mom. So that would be hard. He doesn't cry if he's with you or if he's not with me. That's a good point. Handles you pretty well, which, I mean, a baby crying at you can be pretty demoralizing. So I understand the yeah, I do get challenges that. there. We are spoiled in that respect. Oliver is remarkably calm. Yeah, pretty, pretty flexible about who he's with. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it, it is kind of strange i feel like there's always something that is helpful that you can do and you've been incredibly helpful i have nothing bad to say about your helpfulness really Thank you. Uh, there are times where i could probably be more helpful and i'm quietly trying to sit in the corner and avoid attention but... well there is maybe sometimes i notice <laughs> that <laughs> but yeah, overall if this is the the tim's take full confessions episode but overall well yeah i know every household's different but That was something I think I kind of expected to feel. So maybe the take is I expected to feel that based on hearing a number of people say that. Yeah. And then was kind of shocked that that has never felt like the case. Yeah. At least in our family context. And it's not like you were super familiar with babies. You were just willing to jump in. And I think that says something. And It's called natural expertise. Well, that's not not it. (laughs) Acumen. All right. We can move on from that take. There you go. 
hopefully that's not too too hot too, too hot of a take all right shall we do our last episode i'm not just a parent last episode oh uh, last, last segment. segment yep I'm not just a parent and then go and take a nap. Yeah, that would be good. So my I'm not just a parent for this week is the simple things of life have been really meaningful to me this past week. I know that sounds very, I don't, I don't even know what the word is. And we kind of alluded it to it at the beginning of the episode, just how different this week was in terms of being able to be outside, be at a park, go to a farmer's market, just kind of these things that seemed very given before COVID, before having a baby, and but have really been stripped from our lives the past couple months. And to have any semblance of that, like, you know, quote unquote normal, was just like such a gift to me this week. And yeah, realizing it doesn't have to be big and grand and you know you don't have to do all these big trips seriously sometimes walking down to the neighborhood park at this point feels like you won the lottery and I just was amazed at how satisfied I was by some of those things this week I don't necessarily find myself a greedy consumer of experiences and things, but I do like experiences. You're a strong consumer of experiences. <laughs> greedy, maybe not, but... Maybe sometimes in my worst moments. I have tendencies to be greedy about experiences yeah. and just feeling more fulfilled. And I don't know if that's Oliver's filling some of that tank just naturally and so other experiences don't need to fill out because he is kind of providing some of that already. Or if, yeah, COVID has just stripped so much of that from our lives, any of it back feels like a big thing. I don't know. And maybe it's a combination of all the above. But just reflecting on that and really finding myself appreciating, yeah, how those simple things have made an impact and make a difference. My I'm not just a parent is dishwashers. I have been on a long journey with dishwashers, and I will just summarize it briefly here. Has he ever? To say that now I am a strong advocate of dishwashers. And I realized this yesterday when I was talking to Maddie, who's our new youth director at church, and somehow the topic of dishwashers came up, and I waxed eloquent about the way to use them, the fact that you should heat up your water before uh, turning your dishwasher on, the fact that most dishwasher detergents are designed to work with food and are more effective if there's still food on your plates. So you're supposed to load uh, things dirty into the dishwasher, which is a total transformation from three years ago when I hand washed every dish in our house. I don't even think it's been three years. Two years? One year? Mm. Okay, maybe. So, I mean, it's been a journey of research and understanding and personal growth. And I did read our entire dishwasher's manual one day, and I've learned a lot. I've yeah. learned about the fact that some dishwashers, especially older models, have trays that you do need to empty occasionally because food will get in there. But ours has a special disposal, which will chop it up and just wash it away. So you have to get the right dishwasher, folks. But I just want you to know I'm a big advocate of them. That's my it has nothing to do with my parenting because Oliver uses none of the dishes that That's go true. in that dishwasher right now. Yeah. For three and a half years, we never used a dishwasher in our entire marriage. And then I still did the dishes. I wasn't subjecting you yes, to this punishment. Is, this is true. Though I do feel like I still did more dishes. There would be lapses in your work. And so Occasionally. we went from that to now when we're thinking about what we would want on a 
in a house, like our must-haves, a dishwasher is on your list. It's a must-have. You know, the moral of the story is people change. People change. People, people can change. This people is, can change. It's a testimony to that. Yep. People can grow. We can become better than we were. And dishwashers improve lives. So go out and get yourself one. <laughs> I don't know. You probably already have one. Use it. Use it properly. Do some research. Read your manual. Okay, that's not really an advice segment, but I turned it into that. Yes, you did. And shall we end on this note? We'll on this exciting nap. note. <laughs> <laughs> Going out on a high. Well, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim's Day. <laughs>